Hi everyone, my name is Natalie Ledwell and this is The Inspiration Show. Today the show is for those of you or those of us who um, you know, normally find that uh, we have an issue with maybe pulling out a tub of ice cream and um, sitting down in front of the TV and realizing it's all gone after five minutes <laughs> um, or find that we have a, a, an issue with food um, that maybe we're using it for something other than nourishing ourselves. So uh, can you please welcome my special guest, Asha Fox. How are you, Asha? I'm great, Natalie. It's wonderful great. to be here. <laughs> so uh, so with the, the subject that we're t discovering, uh, covering today is emotional eating. Um, and uh, you have some very interesting information for us, uh, for those of us who, who fall into that category. But before we get into that, why don't we start with your background and your story and how you got into doing this type of work. Sure, absolutely. I, you know, basically was an overweight child. I grew up and became an overweight adult. I dealt with all the things that, you know, people deal with with that low self-esteem, you know, dating, rejection issues. And long story short is I decided the best way for me to conquer that was to become a personal trainer because how could I possibly be overweight if I knew everything about exercise and fitness? Well, I very quickly learned that knowledge doesn't produce change. And I had seven personal training certifications and actually ended up still being 300 pounds. And I realized that my issue was emotional, that I was you know, eating to feel better and that there was some subconscious self-sabotage there. So I turned away from working uh, exclusively in physical modalities. I began studying hypnotherapy, NLP, cognitive behavioral work, um, you know, union psychology, that sort of thing. And over the past 18 years, uh, you know, I created a program that um, – solved my own problem and I've worked with thousands of clients over the past eight, 19 years now and um, my book Fact of Fearless is all about that. Right, okay. So um, when we talk about emotional eating, describe what that is to you. Sure, well basically I mean the, the most simple definition is you know emotional eating is when you're eating for a reason other than you're hungry or other than sustenance. It's basically eating to try to fill a void or soothe some type of emotion. It's really what the simplest definition of it. Right, and so uh, so with the people that you've been working with, um, where where does this emotion stem from? Like why why does why do they have this you know this condition? Do we call it a condition? Um, well, you know it's the same condition we all have. You know, which is basically, you know, we all have some degree of, you know, negative emotions in our lives. And, and the model that I work from is essentially that, you know, events, usually in childhood, lead to beliefs. And then we begin to, you know, negative beliefs. I'm unworthy. I'm not good enough. I'm unlovable. Something that, you know, implies that we're less than and separation. And then we begin to filter reality through these beliefs, and then they produce negative emotions. So, you know, if we have that belief from an event that I'm not good enough, I'm unlovable, filter reality through it, we end up getting emotions of shame, guilt, feeling unattractive, angry, sad, afraid, whatever it is, then we reach for a something to soothe that. You know, and for some people it's, you know, uh, drug addiction, alcohol, sex addiction, you know, but the thing that I specialize in is, is people who use food to feel better. But essentially it comes from, you know, negative core beliefs, and that's really what a lot of my work is. Right. So how did you figure out what your core belief was that was, um, that was you know, perpetuating your, your emotional eating? Sure. Well, you know, mine was a much longer process because it was trial and error, you know, and it was kind of going through the, the you know, all, kind of all of the layers. But for me, it, a lot of it was, you know, self-discovery through hypnotherapy, through NLP. You know, one of the things in the book that we really look at is that you know, and this goes hand in hand with the law of attraction and all of those things is that, you know, whatever, you know, your subconscious has that template that, you know, functions 
you know, and drives you to create a life in accordance with that template. And, you know, so a lot of what I did and a lot of what I have clients do is, you know, you look at your life and you begin to reverse engineer it. And there's a specific way of doing this and you find out what the themes are and you can figure out very quickly what's in your subconscious. You know, if you say, yeah, I love myself, you know, I, I know I do, you know, in that 5 to 10% conscious mind, but yet all of your relationships fail and, you know, you find yourself in toxic situations, uh, you know, probably not at that subconscious level. So a lot of it is kind of reverse engineering, which is what I did uh, for myself. Clients that see me in person, you know, uh, we use some faster processes, but some of the distance processes is kind of a reverse engineering of, of their life back to their subconscious core beliefs. Okay. So let's say that someone, uh, you know, discovers that they have this limiting belief uh, which is affecting the way that they eat, um, what's the next step that they need to take to be able to, to combat that? Well, you know, the first thing is, you know, acknowledging that you have this, you know, that you taking a look at that and taking ownership for it. Because for the most part, we all go through life thinking that life happens to us. And really every circumstance is something that we've created, that we've drawn into our lives. So it, it's first looking at it and accepting responsibility for everything in your life. You know, once you do that, you know, you take back a lot of power and a lot of the energy that you've been putting into, you know, thinking that the problem is out there and that just kind of reinforces it. So that's really the first step. And then the second step is, you know, there's a lot of processes in Fat to Fearless that, that they go through. You know, one is kind of neurological reparenting, which is an, an NLP and a cognitive behavioral process. A lot of inner child journaling, things to communicate with the subconscious. But then also, there are certainly visualization techniques. You know, they, we teach a lot about how the brain, you know, if, if the experience is sufficiently emotionalized enough, um, that it doesn't know the difference between, uh, you know, something that, is imagined and something that's real. As a matter of fact, it's ironic because it, uh, well, synchronistic, because uh, it just now occurred to me that the whole exercise that I have in the book about this is um, uh, is called Create Your Mental Movie Trailer. And I actually just realized that. <laughs> <laughs> I use this whole metaphor and analogy for, for um, filming a trailer and that sort of thing. So, but yeah, so visualization and then a lot of other things. Right, awesome. Okay, so um, so let's say that. So I'm just I'm just going going through the process. Cause I'm just thinking. Okay, so we've discovered that we've got a limiting belief that's holding us back. That's that's perpetuating and manifesting in certain ways. And in in this case, it's through eating. Um, you know, until so we go through this process. So let's say that we get to a point where we realize that we we've released it. Uh, we've changed our eating habits. But what happens when we fall off the wagon? Like, how do we maintain this? You know, moving forward. Sure. Well, and, and that's a, a great question because, you know, the subtitle of the book is, you know, enjoy permanent weight loss and, and emotional eating for good. And I, I love it, you know, when people ask me about that because, you know, what is permanent weight loss? What it doesn't mean is that you never fall off the wagon again or that you're never tempted again. What it means is you can't unknow something at a deep experiential level. So, you know, and all those neural pathways are still there. You know, hopefully they're significantly atrophied. But, you know, we certainly can have things that trigger us and cause us to begin this behavior again. You know, I mean, even in my own life, I've, I've seen that, you know, in the past year I had a, a situation that was, you know, very emotional and I found myself eating again. You know, but the difference is, and this answers the question, is that before I did this work, you know, I would have, you know, ended up 300 pounds again. I would have, you know, not been able to, to correct that situation. But once you have these tools and once you kind of make that deep inner shift, 
you find your, that that pattern is no longer driven by those deep subconscious negative core beliefs. It's more just habit and those neuro neurological pathways, and you're able to very quickly shift back. You know, instead of you know regaining all the weight, you might gain five, six, seven pounds, and then realize, whoa, what's going on? And every time you do it, it's a shorter period of time, and you know you, you become stronger in that process. Right. So what you're really doing is, is helping people take on lifelong habits. Um, that uh, that are easy to apply, that that will actually keep the weight, you know, definitely more stagnant than than floating up and down. Yeah, I mean that's definitely you know the, kind of the maintenance or the second phase. You know, the primary thing is, is really helping them get out of that habit of feeling. You know, people think that they feel bad because they're overweight. You know, or they have low self-esteem because they're overweight. What they don't realize is that they're actually overweight because they have low self-esteem and it actually originated you know, early in childhood. So helping them to kind of break the habit of feeling bad about themselves because of their weight is the first step in the process, and then looking at those behavioral things, certainly. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's like this this perpetuating, you know, vicious cycle. Um, because you know you don't feel you, you you're overweight, so you look at yourself. You're not happy with yourself. You're disappointed. So to make yourself feel better, you eat more. You have a glass of wine or whatever, and then you're just going over yeah. and over again. Yes. Yeah. So you yeah. Break yeah, in the book, uh, it's, I call it the symptom cycle, which is if I sit with the client and I have them really close their eyes and kind of go back to what emotions they were feeling that caused them to reach for food to feel better, you know, I get a list of emotions, you know, sad, angry, uh, and some, some of these aren't necessarily emotions, but ugly, unattractive, not good enough, like I'm a loser. And then I'll say, well, what were the specific emotions you felt after, you know, you ended up eating, you know, and going off your diet, oh, I felt sad and, and ugly and unattractive and not good enough and a loser. And, you know, basically the, the way we feel about our problem is perpetuates the cause of the problem. So it's breaking that whole cycle and really you just have to go at, kind of at that subconscious level. Great, awesome. So how do you work with people? Do you work with them online or do you work with them one-on-one? -on -one? Um, I work with them. Uh, I have a, a kind of a do-it-yourself program. Uh, obviously, the book it's, is kind of a do-it-yourself program, but people can get tutorial videos and things like that. Beyond that, um, I offer a free uh, Stop Cravings Toolkit that people can go and get at cravingstoolkit.com. And I work with people via Skype, um, group coaching, and then I also have a uh, private uh, therapy practice here in Orlando, Florida. So I see people online, on the telephone, in groups, and then also in person. Right, awesome. So, can you share like an experience of someone that you've been working with that have just just it, this this work has just completely changed their life? Sure. Well, you know, mo most everyone it completely changes their lives, and the reason is that we're not really focused on weight per se. You know, because weight is a symptom of something deeper. And when you have these types of negative beliefs that you're unlovable, or you're not good enough, or what have you, rarely is that just confined to weight. You know, that's bleeding over into other areas of life. So when, when they heal this, you know, it kind of transforms everything. But, you know, I've had um, uh, a person that, that comes to mind recently is a client that, you know, was gaining weight because she had a fear of being in a relationship and commitment. So weight, you know, she always told herself that, you know, consciously, because you know, she she, had, she, did, she believed that she would always be alone. That was her core belief from childhood because she'd been abandoned by her parents as a child. So to avoid that, she avoided getting in a relationship. And uh, so, But she didn't consciously know that's what she was doing. She told herself, well, you know, when I lose the weight, I'm going to start dating. And, um, you know, basically through that process, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, one of the reasons the book is called Fat to Fearless is that if you talk to anybody who's, you know, had been significantly overweight, for most of their life or kind of yo-yoed, 
there's always a list of things that they're going to do when they when they lose that weight. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to start dating. I'm going to meet that special someone. I'm going to become more social, whatever it is. And they think the weight is what's keeping them from doing that. The truth is the weight is protecting them from the fear that they may not be good enough to do those things. And, you know, ultimately that's why what the fearless part come, comes in. So with, with her, we did a lot of this work, and actually she began dating before she lost the weight. And once she did that, the, the weight no longer was an effective deterrent to keep her from it at that subconscious level, so the weight just quickly melted off. She really didn't even do anything else. She just craving stopped and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and I think, too, like for a lot of us, like we blame everything around us. <laughs> but when you when you go through, and I'm, I'm sure that you do this, take people to do an exercise, okay, so let's take that out of the equation. So let's say that that's not to blame, and then you look at yourself and go, okay, well, if that's not to blame, then it must be me. Um, mm -hmm. And then you realize that, okay, so this is something that I'm perpetuating myself. It really helps you to step up and take responsibility for the fact that what's happening here is is really, you know, my my doing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of, one of the key things that I do with people is, you know, we take experiences. Let's say, you know, because a lot of these things are often intertwined with relationship issues. You know, so let's let's look at this relationship and that relationship and this relationship and let's this pattern and let's break it down to how you ended up feeling because of this. And they'll find that the feelings are pretty much the same. You know, and and I help them to understand that the different at the subconscious level, you're just recreating the same thing. It's just the conscious details that are different. You know, this person's name was Fred, and this person was Bill, and this one's tall, and this was short, and I met this person at the grocery store, and that person at the you know, dog park. You know, and, and, you know, we, we have these conscious stories that make us believe these are different things, but at that emotional, experimental level, we're just continuing to manifest the, the same experience. And, you know, helping people to see that can't be coincidence. You know, there's, you know, for instance, if you've ever known uh, someone who believes, like uh, I've had clients that believe all men cheat. And somehow every single man they end up with always cheats, no matter what they're, no matter how different they are from each other. You know, and that's not coincidence. So when they begin to see that, you know, they can begin to kind of take responsibility and realize, oh, this, I attracted this person to, you know, teach me this lesson or to grow, and, and they can see those dramatic shifts in their life as they heal these things. Yeah, it's so awesome. I mean, this is such an amazing, interesting conversation, which we could talk about forever, um, but we, we have run out of time. So, so uh, where, Asha, where can we send people if they want to connect with you or work with you or, or get your book? They, they can go to Amazon and get my book, at Fat to Fearless. They can also find my book and contact me through my, weight, uh, through my website at asherfoxweightloss.com, and they can get the free Stop Cravings Toolkit at cravingstoolkit.com. Beautiful. Awesome. Thanks again, Asha, for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, and thank you for sharing thank this. Thank you so much. Yeah, awesome. Now, guys, I encourage you to share this video. You can do that by clicking the Facebook and the Twitter share buttons on this page. Um, and make sure that you click on the banner to go straight through to Asha's website from here. And uh, leave your email in the box on this page so that we can send you the Manifesting with the Masters video e-course, which is valued at $87. We'd like to send it to you for free. So until next time, remember to live large, choose courageously, and love without limits. We'll see you soon.